0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. Richie and I are back this week from our three-week break. In the last episode, I said that it was two weeks, but it was indeed three. I didn't count properly, but anyway, here we are. Today we are chatting about how we manage stress and tension in our daily lives. We were actually going to record this podcast yesterday, and it's a bit of a funny story. So I'm going to begin with that, and it'll be a dose of honesty for you. Over the past few weeks, I've been thinking about how to make the whole podcasting process simpler, easier, and stress-free. So yesterday, I woke up and I was determined that I was only going to spend a few hours and I would come up with a topic, title, record the podcast, quickly put together the show notes, create a graphic, and that this would only take me a few hours. (laughs) It was going to be simple. Richie's laughing. (laughs) So anyway, I sat down and I started thinking about what we would chat about. And I realized that I haven't been making any art. So we've been on a break. It's been a true break, a holiday. And I haven't been thinking about the art business or anything art related. And I felt like I had nothing to talk about. In fact, over the last few weeks, what I've been focusing primarily on is my health and well-being. And I thought to myself, it's an art podcast. No one really wants to hear about my health journey. And I started to get really flustered and frustrated. And I tried to think about how I could take the topic and make it more art related, but that didn't really work. Like I was forcing something into a box that didn't fit into that box In the end, I just abandoned it. So it took me all day. All day I was spinning around in circles trying to come up with this super quick stress-free podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time I was getting angry at myself because it wasn't turning out the way that I wanted it to. And so in the end I abandoned it and I decided to do a session of yoga instead. It was funny because our daughter, Sophia, she called down the stairs. She's like, "Mom, what's for dinner? Aren't you meant to be cooking dinner right now? And I was like, no, I can't. I'm doing an emergency yoga session. (laughs) And so we've been kind of joking about it. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because sometimes we can try to make something stress-free and it's almost like we're trying too hard. We need to give it a bit of breathing space. So I stepped away from it and then this morning I woke up And it's funny how you can come back to something and have this moment of clarity. So I woke up this morning, did all the sort of things that I've been doing in the mornings, and we'll get into that as we progress through the podcast. Um, But I've been walking, doing yoga, reading, and having a morning routine. While I was on my walk this morning, I went for a walk in the national park where we live. I realized, hang on a minute, I do want to talk about this. I do want to talk about what I've been doing to reduce stress and tension in my life and specifically that's what I want to focus on because many of these changes that I've made have been around relieving tension and actually reducing anxiety and I've been on all sorts of health kicks in the past and most of the time they've been focused on weight loss Usually what happens is I'm enthusiastic for a week or two and then I don't really get results and I stop. (laughs) Or, you know, I abandon it. So this time it's been different because I've changed my reason why. So the things that I'm doing, I'm no longer doing them because I want to lose weight. I'm doing them because I want to feel more relaxed Energized, I want to have less stress and tension, I don't want to feel aches and pains in my body, I want to sleep better. And by changing the why, it has done wonders for my motivation. I thought that was really interesting in itself that sometimes you need to look at what's the reason that you're doing something, and maybe you think you're doing it for one reason, but it's actually something else which would be far more motivating if you tapped into it. So for me, Reducing stress is hugely motivating because I have been struggling with certain things that have been happening. I don't 100% know if they are stress related, but I've got a pretty good feeling they are. So I've been dealing with a lot of neck and back pain, which I've mentioned. I've also been struggling with my sleep. So I've been getting up a lot during the night And another thing that I have had is a skin condition that's flared up. So I had dermatitis or eczema when I was a child and it settled down. But in the last few years, it's flared up to the point where I'm scratching myself and feeling really uncomfortable, particularly at night. And it was beginning to drive me crazy. I started To explore it, I went to various doctors and things like that. I had health tests. I ended up having a echo uh, what is it an echocardiogram on my heart and all sorts of things, and nothing showed up. In the end, I started wondering if maybe part of the reason it was happening was because I was stressed out. So this motivated me, along with the other things, to really look at how could I reduce stress and tension in my daily life. So in today's episode, I want to talk about some of the specific things that have been helping me with this. And I'm going to be mentioning quite a few different resources. So if you want to find out more about the things I mentioned, so the books, videos, those sorts of things, head on over to the show notes. (laughs) Richie's laughing because we're not meant to be doing show notes. And now
1: now it's going to be heavy references.
0: (laughs) I've completely gone um against what i was trying to achieve here
1: (laughs) we keep we keep falling into this trap you were just talking about you knew it was stress related your sleep was being affected you had a your rash on your skin and all of this stuff you're getting stress-related migraines and pains in your neck and it's the last thing we do like we go to the doctor give me some medicine fix me I can't speak for everybody, but, but me doing the right thing is always the last thing I do. Slowing down, looking after myself and you're the same. Like it's, it's the same with this podcast. Like we're not supposed to be doing <laughs> these show notes. We're not <laughs> supposed to be taking two days to put a podcast together. And what you said, yeah. like I'm pulling you up on this. You said it's supposed to be an art podcast. No, it's your podcast. You can talk about what you want to talk about.
0: Well, that's the realization I came to when I was walking this morning. I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to talk about this because this is important. And this is something that I feel will be beneficial for others, but it's also beneficial for you and me to just sit down and chat about this stuff. Yeah. And it's our podcast. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you got to let go of that fear of judgment. Mhm. And, you know, I was fearing the judgment that my podcast was shifting away from the topic that it's meant to be focused on. But the thing is, is that this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what, I want to make this podcast and I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to do the show notes the way I like doing them with all the links and whatnot. So it's hard, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, that's what I want to do.
1: Yeah, well, maybe that's (laughs) maybe that's what's stressing you out. The fact that this is what you want to do but some part of you is saying, well, I shouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because when I think about doing it differently, quickly, throwing something together and not taking time, doing the research, it, just, it doesn't sit well with me. So I think I need to reframe it in some kind of way, allow it to be important. Allow it to take time.
1: Make peace with it mm. as opposed to fighting it all the time. You know?
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway, wh- where was I? I was mentioning these long show notes. <laughs> they won't be long, but there will be quite a few handy links and things in there. So if you want to find them, head on over to laurahornartcom forward slash the podcast forward slash 139. So now I want to get into some of the things that have helped over the last few months as I've been um, on this journey. So the first thing I want to say is have a real break, a proper break. We've had plenty of breaks from the podcast. You know, we've had a few weeks off. We've even had long breaks. And I've even called them breaks, you know, come back and said I'm rested and refreshed. But I'm not sure that I've really had a real break up until now and the difference this time was that I was quite strategic about it like I planned the break I decided that I'd take seven days off and I took steps to make it as peaceful a break as possible so that meant communicating broadly sort of shouting it from the rooftops almost to my community Facebook group Um, you know, social media, email list, out of office on, like really saying to people, I'm having a break, like I'm stepping away. And then making sure that you've tied up any loose ends that you might have. So looking at what projects I was working on, again, communicating with people, saying I won't be back working on this until after I get back. Communicating with you, getting you to manage anything urgent that came up. So allowing me to have this seven days where I could fully step away from my work, the art business, and I took social media off my phone. And it's the first time I've done that where I haven't had all these thoughts racing in the background. So I've tried before, but there's always been things sort of like niggling at me. And this time I made such a big effort to alleviate the possibility of that cropping up. And then I also decided that I wanted to make sure that seven day break was truly relaxing for me. And what's relaxing for you is a very personal thing. For me, feeling that week with loads and loads of social activities wouldn't be relaxing. So what I wanted to do was mix it up. I spent a lot of time with my family and friends during the break but what I tended to do was have like one day where I'd have an outing, go out for lunch with someone, go for a walk and then the next day I might spend at home and I just do all the things that I love doing like reading, doing puzzles, you know sitting out on our um, deck and just spending time in nature so I tried to like mix it up. And not make it too stressful because sometimes when you have a break, a holiday, it ends up (laughs) being (laughs) really intense and and stressful. So I wanted it to be relaxing. I booked a massage one day. And I mean, this is something that you need to plan for. Um, You might be listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, I can't just take seven days off. You know, I understand that because I felt like that too. I felt like I couldn't do this. You could plan it for some time in the future. It doesn't need to be straight away. Start thinking about when you could do this and plan ahead. Look at your projects, look at your timelines and make space for a week off. It doesn't actually need to be that long. Like We've taken longer breaks and I've felt less well-rested afterwards. And the other thing is to try and avoid filling up your seven days with life admin stuff because that was tempting. You know, I had medical appointments I wanted to do and things I wanted to sort out. As I mentioned, I needed to go to the doctor about my skin. And So what I decided to do was have seven days off and then another few days at the end of that seven days. So I think all in all, I had about 10 days off. In the last few days, I was doing some light work duties, but mostly I focused on going to the doctor and sorting out my life admin stuff. But I did that second I did the seven days self-care first. And for me, this was really, really wonderful. I I felt like a different person. (laughs) I truly, truly enjoyed my break. It's something that I would suggest to anyone. Doesn't matter whether you are working, whether you're a mum at home with kids. I know that there are challenges with taking a break especially when you've got younger kids and things like that but see what you can do to carve out some time just for yourself and ask people for help to support you
1: with that do you know what i thought was awesome about this break you were to come back on the monday and then we realized that there was a pupil free day on the monday so you said oh i'll take the monday off and then on the tuesday we had to take asher to an appointment i'll take the tuesday off and then something came up on the Wednesday. I think you were catching up with a friend or something. And you said, oh, I'll just go back to work on Thursday. Yeah. And so it ended up being a Friday. <laughs> and I was like super proud of you. You're starting to understand what's important and that work can wait.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been such a long process for me. I actually found a diary that I'd written in from about a year ago. And I could have written the same diary entry a month or two ago. And in it, I was talking about feeling stressed. And one of the lines I think I wrote was, when will I ever learn how to relax? Like, when am I going to learn how to do
1: this? We were talking about this the other day. And in order to get your business off the ground, make your business successful, you have to be crazy. You have to go to the wall. And then when you get there, Good luck, <laughs> good luck slowing down.
0: It can take a while, years to, mm. to, to try and, and slow down and learn again how to relax. Uh, I used to know how to relax, but setting up this business certainly made me a bit crazy. Yeah. It made me crazy and very obsessed about certain things and not able to stop, like just always thinking, always on the ball. I would look at you relaxing and it would feel just so far away from something that I could actually do myself. It's been years, years of me working at this, but I'm getting there. I am getting there. And this isn't something that I'm just starting to do. This has been sort of happening over the last few months. Even I'd say most of this year, I've been steadily working towards a more healthy way of living a creative life. And, you know, a lot of my Instagram posts, a lot of our podcasts reflect ref, reflect this, you know, this week's episode, I just wanted to go in at a little bit of a deeper level and get quite specific around what I'm doing and, and what's been helpful. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was this morning routine. So I'm just about to come up to 30 days tomorrow of doing the routine that I talked about in the last podcast episode. So that episode I mentioned that I was doing a 10-10-10 challenge. So it was a 30-day challenge, three habits that I was focusing on and the three habits are reading, going for a walk and yoga. And what my plan was for the 30-day challenge was to do 10 minutes of each of those activities and I was able to spread them out during the day if I wanted to or I could do them in the morning. As it turned out, As the challenge evolved, it quite quickly became clear to me that I enjoyed doing all three of those things as a morning routine. And I've never had a morning routine before. In fact, I think that's been one of my downfalls is is not having any kind of morning routine because I feel so much more energized and focused when I do these things, first thing. But the key to it is to make it flexible and make it doable. And that's why it's really worked. I haven't missed a day. It's been the easiest challenge to complete. So if you're looking for an easy challenge, do something similar. You don't even need to do all three. You could just do one, like 10 minutes of walking every day. Keeping it to a small amount of time, it takes away the mental barrier you know, I had a lot of mental barriers around things like going to the gym or taking an actual yoga class or something like that, that would stop me from going. And if you tend to be a bit of an anxious person, which I am, you know, going to a gym just brings up lots of fear. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I never really realized this until now, until I started doing this practice at home, doing yoga at home, walking and all that. it, It seems to be a lot more relaxing for me. And this is what this is all about, reducing stress and tension. So you've got to find those things that fit well with your personality and the way that you like to do things. And I am, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, quite an introverted soul mm. and I enjoy being on my own and I enjoy peace and quiet and silence. And, and so these practices have become very... I want to say sacred, like really special to me. And because of that, I've, I've developed a real love for them. And so I wake up very happy to start my day because I know that I have these beautiful things to look forward to. And from someone who's always struggled to kind of exercise and move, like this is life changing stuff to wake up and actually feel really excited and happy to go for a walk or you know, do some yoga, but I've found the things that I really like to do. I love nature, so it goes without saying that going for a walk in and around where we live, which is absolutely beautiful, and this morning I was going up our driveway and this massive kangaroo bounded across the road in front of me and i just was like wow
1: i never get tired of seeing kangaroos oh, like,
0: it just was so cool and then the other night we went for a brisk walk coming home and i saw a huge bat in the sky and it just to me it looked like something out of batman it was just it was you know it's just things like that that make me really happy to recognise that, you know, being in nature, going for a walk is something that suits me and maybe a gym or a class or something like that just isn't quite right for the type of person that I am. So I think it's really important to, to, to try different things and be okay with what's okay for you.
1: Yeah, I just finished reading a book called The Backyard Adventurer and it's about Bo Miles. He's a, uh, an Australian guy that's kayaked you know, around the Horn of Africa and he's done ultramarathons across the Australian Alps. I can't remember the name of the mountain range. And he was talking about, in his book, he was saying that whenever he wanted to do something, it always had to be huge. It always had to be, okay, let's go to the South Pole or let's, you know, do a solo row across the Atlantic. And he was saying that he wanted to just do a lap of his block, which is exactly one mile long. And it took him ages, like ages to come to terms with the fact that oh, uh, it's only going to be seven minutes. Like, why even bother, you know? And now he does it regularly.
0: It's such a huge mindset shift. Like last night, I was, um, I kind of wanted to go for a walk with you when you got home, but you'd had a massive, massive day. I was looking at the time, it was getting late, and then I thought, you know what, I'll just walk around our smallest block and it's probably five minutes. I did a five-minute walk and it was worth it. But, you know, a few months ago I would never have entertained doing a five-minute walk. I would never have thought there was any value in it. Mm. Everything always had to be big. It had to be a hike. It had to involve hiking boots or, you know, a a map. (laughs) Yes,
1: and a compass.
0: (laughs) Like everything. Everything would be big, you know. Doing yoga had to involve going to an hour and a half long class, getting there, maybe catching up with a friend for coffee afterwards. Like everything was just big. And in the last few months I've become interested in things that are very small, very small habits. And um, there's a great book actually called Atomic Habits. Um, let me see. I've written this down because I have an epic list in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> let me find it. <laughs> Who is it by? Uh, okay, here we go. Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he's really into this like micro habits idea. And he talks about doing really small habits. So those five-minute things. He also talks about um, the idea of connecting with the identity of the person that you want to become, which is something that I talked about in our last episode. So asking yourself what would a relaxed person do in this situation or what would a healthy person do in this situation? Yeah, they'd go for the walk. You know, it's just simple stuff like that. So identifying with being a different kind of person to maybe what you are now, but as you start to identify with it, you become it. So it's almost like getting into the mindset of being a healthy person before you're kind of there yet. And then, yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, so that's a good one. Um, Back to what I was, what's on my list. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so with the morning routine, you know, a lot of the time you think about morning routines and you think about YouTube videos with people waking up at 5am.
1: Jocko (laughs) Willink.
0: I mean, that's what I think about, um, but I, I, I don't get up at 5 a.m. My morning routine sort of just starts at 7 a.m. And during the last 30 days, I've played around with the order of things that I do. So do I get up and go for my walk first or do I really savor that cup of coffee in bed and read first? And, you know, would, will I do yoga or will I do meditation? Like those sorts of tweaks. It turns out that the order and the things that you choose, it's quite important. Like I've tried a reverse order and I felt all like, no, this isn't right. And so what I've settled on is that I really like to wake up and read first and then go for my walk. And when I go for my walk, I really think about like activating my day and, and taking in nature. And there's a mindset that goes with the walk. And then I move into my yoga. And at the end of the yoga, there's like a little bit of a meditation or setting your focus for the day. And I was following up with some meditation and using some meditation apps. But you've got to look at what's doable in the amount of time that you've got and what's having the biggest impact. And what I concluded was that I'm getting enough of that meditation in my walk and in my yoga that... I'd rather spend a little bit more time on those things than bring in another habit. So that's what, something I wanted to mention is that it's not about like having heaps and heaps of different good things. It's more about finding those few that really work for you. So when you are getting started with bringing in some of these healthy ideas, it's a really good idea to use a challenge. I think that's really helped me so doing the 30 days now I'm finishing the 30 days and I'm about to add another layer so the idea that I had was that I would continue on with what I've been doing I have been stretching the time out a little bit so I'm not doing just 10 minutes of each thing now I'm starting to do a bit longer and I want to bring another challenge in and this time I want to focus in on diet and nutrition And it's a really natural flow because as I've been doing these other activities, I'm finding myself naturally drawn to eating better. And that's the great thing about habits is they build on top of each other. And the reason I wanted to do this was because our daughter, who's 13, she wants to get involved and she's suggested that we do 30 days of healthy dinners. So that's the next layer to it. And It goes without saying that eating better and eating meals that are rich in fibre, protein, good fats is going to help you regulate your moods, feel better and less stressed, less anxious, less tension. Um, So it seems to me a good thing to focus on for the next 30 days. And if you want a bit of inspiration around 30 day challenges, I've been watching Matt Devella on YouTube He was a big inspiration for me with my first challenge, actually. Um, He does all sorts of different 30-day challenges, experimenting with things like uh, cold showers in the morning, intermittent fasting, scheduling your whole day. There's a whole lot of different videos. I found them very enjoyable to watch. He's a great filmmaker and it might give you a few ideas around some challenges that you could try out. And he's very honest about what works for him and what doesn't and what he'll continue with. So I found that really enjoyable.
1: That's what I like about him. You know, if if, if something doesn't work for him, regardless of how in vogue it is, he just discards it straight away. And he like, so he did one with journaling and didn't like it. So he doesn't do it.
0: Yeah, and I really related to that because I thought about changing up like my reading for journaling and I tried it a bit and, and it was one of the ones that I was like, you know what, I actually just prefer reading. I'd rather read for 10 minutes than journal. So, you know, I do a bit of journaling from time to time but it's not a daily habit and that's exactly how I want to keep it.
1: Yeah, and I like the way he weighs up the cost of something. So whether – and when I mean by cost, I mean time – uh, how it makes him feel, all that kind of stuff it versus, you know, how healthy it is for him or how good it is for him. Like the cold shower thing, like it was invigorating him. It was, you know, he was lo- like he was loving the effects of it, but he just couldn't do it forever.
0: It's really interesting because there's a video where he talks about which of the habits he'll keep over the longer term because he's done quite a lot of them now. I'm trying to remember, I know, I'm pretty sure yoga, and meditation were definitely up there with things that he wanted to continue with.
1: And working out.
0: And working out, that's right. Um, and the meditation one he found quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a good one to look at, particularly if you want to like tweak and and play around with your habits a bit and try different things.
1: And I remember when you first introduced me to Matt Devella, I was like, oh yeah, because all I could see was his thumbnails. You know, thirty days intermittent fasting, thirty days standing on your head. And I'm like, <laughs> thirty days of minimalism. And I'm like, who is this guy? This is crazy. But then when you start listening to him, you're like, Oh, he's just he's just experimenting with what he likes.
0: Really good. Yeah. Um, our daughter said to me, Oh my god, Mom, he is such a hipster. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. so <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, she thought she thought it was hilarious oh, that I was watching him, God. and she was just like, Mum. "He's too
1: cool for you." Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that is that is soul Sophia.
0: Uh, anyway, I thought that was worth a mention. I want to also mention one of the yoga videos that I've been particularly enjoying while we're talking about YouTube. The one that I have been coming back to again and again is by Yoga with Cassandra. The video is called Upper Body Tension Release Yoga for Beginners and it's about 20 minutes and I've found this one to be great for um, my neck and shoulder and, and back issues that I've been having. So I thought I'd throw that one in there and I've been learning how to do the stretches on my own, which has been great. So By doing it every day for 30 days, I've built confidence around what I can do to help me if I start to feel like I've got a bit of pain in my back or a headache during the day. And this has been really good, good for my confidence and good for managing any pain before it becomes unbearable and turns into that really nasty headache that I talked about last time. So I wanted to mention that. And now I also want to talk about books again. And you mentioned that great one about Um, the backyard adventurer, Beau Miles. I definitely want to read that, but I have been particularly enjoying reading fiction because it allows me to escape. When I read things that are more of a, I guess, self-help or a business book, sometimes the crazy comes back. (laughs) And so I do need to be mindful of that because I start getting all kind of businessy and like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it becomes, I mean, it's good, but it's not relaxing. So when I want to come back to being really relaxed, I like reading books that are fiction. When I started their reading challenge of reading every day for 10 minutes, the first week or two was actually quite hard. And I would find that I would reach for my phone, I'd get distracted and it surprised me that even just reading for 10 minutes was hard but I think this is a product of the times that we live in, that we are finding it more and more difficult to have that level of attention and pull ourselves away from the dings and the different things that go through our head and how quickly we can look them up. I mean. I'm not on social media so much, but I Google things constantly all day long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with knowing stuff about whatever I'm feeling or whatever I've seen or anything. I Even when I read a book, I just have to Google the death out of it afterwards.
1: Google is the <laughs> wrong place.
0: It's the wrong place for me. <laughs> um So anyway, I've read a book recently and I wanted to mention it here because I really loved it and finding a book that you enjoy is key when you are getting back into reading. Um, But once I got a few weeks into reading every day for 10 minutes, my reading just started to like take off and then I'd grab my book in the middle of the day, I'd read before bed, like I started to really get into it. So the book that I've just finished is called What Could Be Saved? by Lise O'Halloran and, Hopefully I've said that right. And I wanted to mention it because it happens to be about a reclusive artist called Laura. No way. <laughs> She's one of the main characters in the book. You know, it's not a huge part of the story. There's a bit of a subplot around being an artist and creative block and, and, and that kind of thing. But the main story is about her family They grew up in Thailand during the 1970s. They're an American family. Her brother went missing when he was about 10. It's a mystery, so it's about finding out what happened to her brother, but it's also a story about the relationship between siblings and parents, about growing up as an expat. It's a very elegant book, so it's a mystery, but it's not like a sensational kind of mystery uh, I, I just loved it. I loved the setting, being in Thailand, like getting that feeling of what it would be like there and then it would switch into current time. So it's got these two um, storylines or it's, it's the same storyline. What I'm trying to say is there's in the 1970s in Thailand but then it flips into the f- uh, current time. But the book covers a lot of big themes. So adultery, dementia, child trauma, like it's got some pretty – heavy stuff but it's a very easy read but the title of it is called What Could Be Saved and that stuck with me because it's a story that's ultimately about forgiveness and redemption and what's really beautiful about it is that there's these really difficult circumstances, really hard things and what the story gets you to look at is what can be saved in that really terrible situation I found that to be very soothing like that storyline very hopeful and I wanted to share it because I just think it's it's a wonderful wonderful read it's
1: I was talking to someone about self-help books I gave this person the the backyard adventurer and I was saying to them well I call them shelf help you know I'm not I'm not interested in self-help books at all (laughs) when you read someone's Biography or autobiography, you read about the trials and tribulations that they go through and what they did to overcome those obstacles. It's not a book where every second page is giving you some kind of false affirmation about how awesome you are or how amazing your life could be if you just do this. I like books where people are in dire situations and what they do to get out of them. Or they don't get out of them. And just because a book is a work of fiction doesn't mean that some of those circumstances that the protagonist or the antagonist gets into isn't any more real. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Because what I would find is if I was talking about a story to a friend, my ego would get involved and, oh, I would do this if I was in that situation, for example. But when you're reading a book in your bed on your own, You've no one to lie to. You've no one to, you can't say, well, if I was in that position, this is what I would do. You can only be honest with yourself. If I was in this position, I would probably run away. Or if I was in this position, I would probably fall apart. I find a lot of life lessons in fiction books.
0: I'm nodding my head because I couldn't agree more. Because when I read, I read things and then I stop. Like I'll see something or hear a story there's a lesson learned and I'll pause and I'll just think about it. Like for a few minutes I'll think about what happened. I'll apply it to myself. I'll it's it's a really what's the word I want to say? I like it helps you grow as a person reading fiction. There's so much in there that you can then take and apply in your own life in some kind of way. So that's why I wanted to to share like a fiction book because, you know, we're, we're on an art podcast. We often talk about business. I mentioned a business book before or a habits book. But at the moment what I'm getting probably the most benefit out of is reading fiction.
1: It's all I read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another thing I wanted to mention and – Actually, no, I've already mentioned this, but I'll, I'll just say it briefly again. Richie's nodding his head saying, yes, keep it brief.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking at the clock.
0: <laughs> um, but I just wanted to talk about spending more time outside. So getting more vitamin D. You know, we like to go for walks, but recently we bought some new, um, new old, I'll say, because it's secondhand, but furniture for our deck. And we've created like a little area where you can read outside. Normally when the kids get home from school, not going to (laughs) lie, Asher heads onto his iPad. Sophia heads upstairs. You might go and watch YouTube. Like it's very screen orientated. But yesterday I was outside having something to eat, sitting out on the deck. And you said to me, can I join you? So you came outside. And then Sophia came downstairs and and we were just sitting out on the deck having a chat probably at about four o'clock in the afternoon. What it made me think about is sometimes you've got to create opportunities to experience your life differently. You know, you might need to set up a different kind of space. And this is where you may need to invest a little bit. This for me is a little bit of a tricky one with self-care and wellness because it's easy to get caught up in, I need to buy this, I need to have this, you know, this is something I've been grappling a bit over the last month or two because it's, it's not what I want to focus on, but there have been a few things that I have purchased in the last month or two that have encouraged the kind of life that I want to live. And it's about being very particular around what it is that you are going to buy and whether it will add value. This outdoor furniture is one example. I recently invested in a good yoga mat and a yoga blanket and a couple of yoga things and they've made my practice more enjoyable. But one of the things I said to myself was that I would do something for a certain amount of time before I made the investments. So, you know, when I get to the end of the 30-day challenge, if I'm really loving it, for example, then I might, you know, purchase something that would make the experience more enjoyable, comfortable or whatever it is. Could be buying a pair of walking shoes, something like that. Um, Or it's something that you could plan for a Christmas present down the track. But anyway, yes, yeah, spending more time outside just has huge benefits. You know, I've been trying to have my lunch breaks outside. You no, know, step away from my computer, sit outside, have my lunch. It's easier at this time of year where we are because we're in the southern hemisphere and we're in spring. <laughs> so it's lovely and you you kind of want to do that and you naturally gravitate towards being outdoors. It's important to realise that you can spend time outside if you have the right approach and sometimes that involves having the right gear. I um, picked up a second-hand raincoat uh, this year my daughter and I were at a market. I've never really owned like a good raincoat. I have got so much use out of it because it enabled me to keep walking during the bad weather And when I was doing the, well, I'm still doing it, but the 10-minute walk challenge, even if it was raining, I'd say to you, it's fine. Put my raincoat on. And so they're the kind of things I'm talking about where it can pay to invest. And remember, when you invest, you're investing in your health, your well-being, your happiness. Um, it's a good investment. You just need to be wary and smart about what you invest in. Um, I just wanted to flip into the business side of things and just mention one of the things that I've done, which is around simplifying systems and decluttering. I have finished changing my uh, newsletter list over to Flowdesk. So previously I was using MailChimp and I just want to mention it because oh my gosh, it's such a good platform. It's really simple to use. In the past, I've struggled with segmenting my email list, which means breaking your list down into groups of people that might be interested in certain things and also creating workflows, which is where someone might sign up to something on your website. So you might have an opt-in or a lead magnet PDF or a video, and then you can create a specific set of emails that then get sent to that person. So you can say, you know, if you enjoyed this particular resource, you might like this or something like that. So those sorts of strategies, I've always found a bit clunky and difficult, but in Flowdesk, it's just so easy. It sets it out in such a beautiful way. The emails themselves, great templates. Um, and if you're familiar with Flowdesk, you'll know that that's what they're well known for. Their emails look great on mobile as well. So I spent some time sorting that out, which felt really good. This was before my break. I think I finished that off. You know, I've been looking at all the systems that I use in the business and simplifying, getting rid of things. The great thing about Flowdesk as well is that it's so much more affordable. You know, I was spending nearly or over $400 a month on MailChimp. At the moment, if you join Flowdesk, it's only $19 a month. So that's a huge difference. It was kind of, it was stressing me out how much the other email provider was costing. So I wanted to mention it because Flowdesk is about to come out of beta. So it's a relatively new platform And once it comes out of beta, the price is going up to $38 a month. So if you wanted to try it out, I would definitely suggest doing that. I think, let me just check my notes. When is it coming out? I think it's, so I've just checked my notes and it will be coming out of beta on November the 2nd. So if you want to join, you should do so soon. And I do have an affiliate link if you want to save 50% on your subscription and I will link that in the show notes I do earn a commission if you use that link so I just wanted to to let people know that Um, but I very rarely I don't think I've ever shared an affiliate link on the podcast before but I wanted to do it this time because I really love it like I really love the the platform the program Um, it's made such a big difference to the way that I approach email marketing and I highly recommend it. You know, I think just in general, decluttering your systems and processes is a good way to bring ease into the business side of things and I have had a look at everything I use and I have a few favourites and I'm sticking with them, so Squarespace, Plannerly, uh, Trello, talked about all of these on the podcast many times and now I'm adding Flowdesk in there and there's been quite a lot of other things that I've let go of. So having a look at what really works well for you. Um, That always seems to be something I say all the time on the podcast. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah but it, it is, it's really true. If you don't have a business you know decluttering or simplifying some kind of system or process in your life. So you could look at you know, what do you do when you get up in the morning and you get your kids ready for school? Is there something that you could simplify there, you know, or simplify the way that you make meals or, you know, there's just so many different approaches. So just in general, declutter and simplify, declutter your pantry. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that can be, can make you feel really good. There's just a couple of last things I wanted to mention. We're going to kind of do this in a speedy way because I'm looking at the clock and this is a long podcast, but also you need to go and pick up Asher from school and you're cycling, so you've got to cycle over there. Yeah,
1: which is great because we're riding our bikes now. You decided to do a 30-day challenge. I just decided to start adding things into my routine. And it's good because your 30-day challenge has now stopped being a challenge.
0: Well, yeah, that's the idea. Now that it's finished, it's just become part of my everyday routine.
1: So now you have your everyday routine and now you have a challenge that you just put on top of that and that's your eating healthy for 30 days.
0: And the other thing I've been looking at is improving my sleep Mm -hmm. because I've noticed over the last few years the quality of my sleep has deteriorated talked about it at the beginning of the podcast I think getting up in the nine and all that sort of stuff and being itchy
1: (laughs) did you listen to that podcast
0: no I haven't listened to it yet otherwise I could have included that in the links yeah I could add it in anyway because Richie sent me a podcast about sleep which I haven't listened to yet so I'll add it in Because Richie's listened to it and you thought it was really good and and useful.
1: Yeah, she talks about like really, really good strategies to get good night's sleep. I
0: need to listen to that because I haven't really got very far with this. This is sort of something I'm just working on now. Mm -hmm. I have been looking at trying to wind down about an hour before I go to bed. So getting off my phone. We've been doing some quick around the block walks. I've been throwing in a few random yoga stretches at night but instead of it being something I have to do like a challenge I've just been doing them when I feel a bit tense.
1: They talk about a story about this elite athlete like a an Olympic level athlete and he was complaining that he was getting up in the night to go to the toilet and it was really disrupting his sleep so they asked him like what are you doing before you go to bed and he goes oh I I drink a liter of uh, Gatorade so when I'm sleeping and my body's recovering, it can get all the benefits of the electrolytes and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, do you not see the, how that relates to you going to the toilet at night? And he just needed someone to tell him before the penny would drop. And when I was listening to that, I was like, oh, there's Laura drinking two cups of tea before she goes to bed.
0: Yeah, well, that's one of the things I've changed. I've, I've started having that last cup of tea and making sure that it's not too late. So I might have one at about eight o'clock and it's a herbal tea. This has blown my mind because I always thought that I would only ever drink English breakfast or (laughs) Irish breakfast tea with milk in it.
1: Real tea. Yeah.
0: Like I wake up in the morning and I have that, I drink it all through the day. I love just like a normal black tea with a little bit of milk in it. Well, one thing I want to say is that herbal teas have come a really long way. Like when I drank herbal teas, when I was growing up, I'd drink like a chamomile tea and it would taste like a whole lot of dusty flowers in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> dusty flowers. I don't know. It would just be like really. Dusty flowers. And they'd often have like a bitter aftertaste and, and I'd be like, no, no, no. So I haven't tried herbal teas for years and years and then just recently my brother and this surprised me because we were talking about tea and coffee and he was like oh I drink herbal tea and I was like oh how very new age of you
1: (laughs) hipster don't tell Sophia
0: (laughs) and um, he said I drink um, licorice and peppermint tea when I go to bed and I was like licorice I thought that would be disgusting but I tried it and as it turns out I really like it so I've been drinking this pucker uh, that's the name of the brand, uh, Licorice and Peppermint Tea. And I also have a couple of other ones by the same brand. So I've been trying that at night. So I've just been doing little little tweaks around improving my sleep. And mainly the big one is not drinking caffeine before I go to bed. So obvious. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and, so obvious. Yes. Well, this lady, when she's yeah. talking on the podcast, everything is two hours before bed. So she talked about eating, mm. slowing down. Everything, two oh, hours.
0: Yeah, and I, that's the other thing I've been doing as well is um, stopping eating by eight, so making sure that after dinner I'm not eating. So that's that's been another side of it. The other thing I did was that I, I bought some bamboo clothes. <laughs> uh, this is funny because my daughter is like, "Mom, all you ever wear now are, the, are these like bamboo yoga clothes, like sleepwear and uh, loungewear. So the brand is called Booty, I bought them primarily because of the dermatitis that I was having. I needed something that wouldn't aggravate my skin. Yeah, I've now been just loving them and wearing them all day and all night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just have to, 10 minutes ago, you just have to tell people not to run out and boy stuff. And you are saying, well, I have outdoor furniture, I have a whole new wardrobe.
0: I know, I know. I, I actually, as I was saying, I was like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. But I just want to tell the truth. And yes. I bought this stuff and.
1: But your crazy just doesn't go away because yeah, you do one a yeah, day challenge.
0: directed my crazy into different areas, <laughs> into my well-being. Um, I, what this was leading to was another thing I wanted to mention, which is getting help for that thing that has been niggling away at you or bothering you for a long time. For me, it's the dermatitis, like the itching of the skin was actually affecting me all day, all night. For years. For years. It started about five years ago Mm -hmm. and I've been to quite a few different doctors and things and reached dead ends. Anyway, I finally went to a new doctor, got a really good cream A referral to a dermatologist I feel like a million bucks like I I can't stress enough like if you have something that's bothering you like you've got a sore neck go see a physio go to your doctor if you're worried about you know your hormone levels or something like that um you deserve that like look after yourself as I said at the beginning of the podcast it was the dermatitis along with the headaches that inspired me to get serious about my health and particularly about reducing stress. And when I went to the doctor and we talked about what was going on, I was already doing so many of the things that she would have suggested, but she did give me something to help get past this flare-up that I was having. So, you know, there's that combination of, natural things as well as seeing your doctor and getting whatever you know medicine it is that you need
1: absolutely um
0: so you know those two things are now working together
1: the great thing about having a healthier lifestyle is that when you have an issue with your body you want to get it fixed right away you're not going to sit on it when you're not as active or your health isn't a priority you know you put going to the doctor off
0: well i had built up so many fears around going to the doctor around this particular issue you know I also had some things you know I'll say women's kind of issues going on and I put off going to the doctor for so long and after I went I felt so good I was like why didn't I do that why didn't I just do that years ago and and it's not that I hadn't been. I had been to the doctor a few times and had been unsuccessful. And a lot of that was to do with not having the confidence to really push for health outcomes. So really saying, you know, this is a big deal and I need some help. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's easy to go to a doctor and then turn around and not actually have any answers or any You know support that you need so sometimes you have to really take charge and and keep going keep searching for answers go to a different doctor Mm -hmm. you know and that's what I learned
1: doctors are the epitome of but did you die (laughs) you know it's not a big problem to doctors if you're not dead. Oh, no, I'm only, that's you know harsh. I
0: mean. <laughs> no, that's harsh. No, doctors are like that. Come on.
1: Yeah, but, but as you said, you yeah. have to push. Yes. You have to say, this is a big deal to me, doctor.
0: Yes, and that's that's what I realized. I needed to be more assertive mm-hmm. with my own health. Yeah, so I really wanted to emphasize like asking for help and building your support network. And, you know, that could be your – also that could mean talking to friends about it. Having someone that you walk with, you and I are kind of in this together. Like we don't walk together because we've realized that that doesn't necessarily. We do sometimes, but mostly I talk too much. <laughs> That's a I, whole other story.
1: <laughs> I don't mind the uh, I don't mind the late night walks. I think they're great.
0: But we chat about like our walks, like where we went, what route we took, mm-hmm. how many steps, and you know, with this health thing, I'm chatting with my daughter or our daughter about you know, healthy dinners and things like that. Um, So to have like people that you can talk to and that will support you. And finally, I want to mention measuring your success differently. And I want to loop back to this because me being a very driven person and a somewhat crazy person, you know, I still find myself pulled towards measuring things. And I'm sort of talking about the business now, so the art business, measuring things in terms of sales figures, numbers. Recently, we did a launch of our signature course, Modern Mixed Media. We did a gentle launch. So I didn't run any Facebook ads. I mostly focused on marketing to the email list. And during the time of the launch, I actually took this seven day, almost 10 day break. So I I certainly wasn't spruiking it every day like I would normally do um, when I'm doing a big launch. At the end of the launch, we didn't get or I didn't, I'd set myself a number or a target and we didn't get to that number. And this is the first time that I've ever really set a target and not reached it. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed at first. I was like, oh, I should have really worked harder. I should have, maybe I shouldn't have taken the seven day break. And it took me a moment to realize that I had had a seven day break while doing a launch. Like that's success. While I say we didn't reach the number, we got a good number of really lovely, engaged people um, that want to do the course. You know, when you Facebook advertise, sometimes you're You know, it's advertising. You're pulling people in that may not necessarily be a good fit for your course. So what I ended up with is this smaller group. It's absolutely wonderful. Like I can it's easier for me to manage because there's not as many people. I can get to know the people in the group better. But what I realized was that I needed to change the measure. And the measure is how stressful is it? Or I want to say the opposite of that. Like, you know, the launch was one of the least stressful launches I've ever done. And if I measure it by, you know, the stress or or lack of stress, it was a huge success.
1: And you said to me the other day, I was walking out the door and you followed me out. And sometimes when I look back at the house, like it still takes my breath away, you know, like I'm a, you know, working class, poor Dublin kid from a, you know a row of houses in Dublin and i look back at the house and i see you standing there and and i'm like okay like i like i cannot believe where where i am who i'm with you know it's just you know blows me away almost every day and you said to me you said are you happy where we are in the business and i said yeah yeah i'm i'm very very happy why are you asking cuz the next step is to get staff, is to grow the business, is to make it so much more successful and successful in terms of money and, well, that's it really. And you were like, are you just happy here where we are, me and you? I was like, I could not be more happy. And you're like, yeah, me too. Me too. And that, yeah, that made me really happy.
0: You know, as you was talking about that, I remembered a wonderful podcast that I listened to that talks about the diminishing returns of growing a business. So you reach a certain point and the benefits of growing bigger, they start to reduce. So it's like a bell curve. The interview, it was on the podcast, Windowsill, Windowsill Chats, it was with Emily McDowell. That interview which i listened to quite a few months ago now it started me thinking about the fact that growth isn't everything where we are now is probably as as big as i ever want to be you know i don't want to grow more not in that way i don't want to grow more in sales figures i don't want to grow more in um, you know, Instagram followers, I want to grow more as a person. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I want to grow. I want to grow yeah. as in the ways that we've been talking about in this conversation. I, w- I want to read more. I want to learn more. I want to rest more. So when doing what you love starts to grow into something that you don't love, yes, that's when you need to reassess. You need to pull back. And it's not about abandoning that thing. It's about looking at where where did you go too far? You know, How can you pull back and turn it around and get back to that feeling of doing what you love? I have a chat with my business coach on Friday this week. After having this conversation, I know what I want us to talk about and it is how can I continue with the art business but bring in strategies that ensure that I'm looking after my well-being, managing stress and planning better, allowing more time for things instead of going, okay, we're going to create a class and it's going to be, you know, quick, quick, you know, and we're launching at the same time as finishing the class off. I want to alleviate that with better planning and start bringing these ideas into the business. So actually having that conversation about how how I can continue to manage my stress, tension, and anxiety. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because normally, if I'm totally honest, I'm all about okay, we're doing this, and what are the numbers? What's the target? It's very much focused on that side of things. And my coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's probably listening, um, will often try and get me to think about well being. Yeah,
1: she's <laughs> awesome. Like she is awesome.
0: <laughs> and um, and I've been a bit resistant, but um, I'm now ready. I'm ready to open up that conversation and start measuring success differently in the business as well as in my daily life. Okay, well, that's it, everyone, for this week. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. It's a really long one. There's lots of links and resources. Um, make sure that you head on over to the show notes at laurahornart.com forward slash the podcast forward slash 139 have a wonderful week and and we hope that you'll tune in again next time